Hey everyone, this is JR, and here is another one of Mike's Mini History Lessons. The house had been vacant and was in disrepair when the Ackleys moved into the waterfront home at One Levita Place in the 1960s. Local children purportedly warned them that the house was haunted, though no prior paranormal incidents appear to have been published. Over the course of living in the home, Helen Ackley claimed that there were at least three ghosts in the residence. She described two as a married couple who lived in the 18th century, and the other as a Navy lieutenant in the American Revolution. Neither Ackley nor her real estate broker, Ellis Realty, revealed the haunting to Jeffrey Stambovsky before he entered a contract to purchase the house in 1989 or 1990. Stambovsky made a $32,500 down payment on the agreed price of $650,000 for the house. Stambovsky was from New York City and was not aware of the folklore of Nyack, including the widely known haunting story. When Stambovsky learned of the haunting story, he filed an action requesting rescission of the contract of sale and for damages for fraudulent misrepresentation by Ackley and Ellis Realty, sparking one of the strangest court cases in history. Commonly referred to as the Ghostbusters ruling, Stambovsky v. Ackley held that a house, which the owner had previously advertised to the public as haunted by ghosts, legally was haunted for the purpose of an action for rescission brought by a subsequent purchaser of the home. Because of its unique holding, the case has been frequently printed in textbooks on contracts and property law and widely taught in U.S. law school classes, and is often cited by other courts. Normally, U.S. courts don't support rulings on supernatural events and stick to facts, so this sets up a real interesting precedent in U.S. law in regards to property sales and haunting reports. During the course of her ownership of the property at issue, Helen Ackley and members of her family had reported the existence of numerous poltergeists in the home. Ackley had reported the existence of ghosts in the house to both Reader's Digests and a local newspaper on three occasions between 1977 and 1989, when the house was included on a five-home walking tour of the city. She recounted to the press several instances in which the poltergeists interacted directly with members of her family. Stembovsky did not attend the closing, which caused him to forfeit the down payment, although by not attending, he was also not obligated to buy the home. The New York Supreme Court dismissed the action, and Stembovsky appealed. Near the beginning of the majority opinion, held by three out of the five justices, appears its most well-known conclusion. Quote, Having reported the ghost's presence in both a national publication and the local press, defendant is stopped to deny their existence and, as a matter of law, the house is haunted, end quote. The court noted that regardless of whether the house was truly haunted or not, the fact that the house had been widely reported as being haunted greatly affected its value. Notwithstanding these conclusions, the court affirmed the dismissal of the fraudulent misrepresentation action and stated that the realtor was under no duty to disclose the haunting to potential buyers. Thus, no damages were available to Stembovsky because New York at the time adhered to the property law doctrine of caveat emptor, the principle that the buyer alone is responsible for checking the quality and suitability of goods before the purchase is made. The appellate court, however, reversed the trial court's decision regarding the rescission action, as it went on to note that the haunting was not a condition that a buyer or potential buyer of real property can and should be able to ascertain upon reasonable inspection of the property. 
According to the court, though the doctrine of caveat emptor would normally operate to bar a rescission action causing the seller to have no duty to disclose information about the property to be sold, but also preventing the seller from affirmatively misrepresenting the condition of the property, the doctrine, in a merged law and equity system, can be modified to do justice to the parties. In this case, the most meticulous inspection would not reveal the presence of poltergeists at the premises or unearth the property's ghoulish reputation in the community. Thus, equity would allow Stembovsky the remedy of contract rescission against the seller, Ackley. The court held, where, as here, the seller not only takes unfair advantage of the buyer's ignorance, but has created and perpetuated a condition about which he is unlikely to even inquire, enforcement of the contract, in whole or in part, is offensive to the court's sense of equity. Application of the remedy of rescission, within the bounds of the narrow exception to the doctrine of caveat emptor set forth herein, is entirely appropriate to relieve the unwitting purchaser from the consequences of a most unnatural bargain. The case generated considerable publicity, and area real estate agents had between 25 and 50 potential buyers calling within a week of the court's decision. Among the prospective buyers to the house at one Levita place on the Hudson River was Kreshkin. Kreshkin was a renowned mentalist interested in purchasing a haunted home in which to curate his collection of paranormal paraphernalia. Ackley sold the house to another buyer and moved to Florida in 1991. Helen Ackley died in 2003, and her son-in-law lays odds that her spirit has taken up residence back at one Levita place. There have not been public reports of hauntings in recent years. But here are some ghost stories from the house. The first, Helen claimed to have seen Sir George, sitting in midair watching me paint the ceiling in the living room, rocking back and forth. I was on an eight-foot stepladder. I asked if he approved of what we were doing to the house, if the colors were to his liking. He smiled and nodded his head. Helen's daughter, Cynthia, when she was a child, reportedly would be woken most mornings by one of the spirits shaking her bed. When Cynthia was out of school for spring break, she announced loudly before going to bed that she did not have school in the morning and would like to sleep in. The next morning, she was not awoken by a shaking bed. Helen reported to neighbors that they heard phantom footsteps and slamming doors. Helen's grandchildren allegedly received trinkets such as rings from the ghosts. These trinkets would later vanish. Helen's daughter-in-law was gifted disappearing coins in the same manner, and Cynthia, as an adult, claimed to receive silver sugar tongs. Helen claimed that her son came eyeball to eyeball with the figure of the Revolutionary Navy lieutenant. Mark Cavanaugh lived in the home briefly, while engaged to Cynthia. He reported hearing conversations from a vacant room. Later, Cavanaugh recounted another experience. Sin had already fallen asleep, and I was drifting. Then I heard the bedroom door creak, and the floorboards squeak. My back was to the edge of the bed. Suddenly, the edge of the bed, by my midsection, depressed down, and I felt something lean against me. I went literally stone stiff. I was speechless and could hardly move. I was able to twist my neck around enough to see a womanly figure in a soft dress through the moonlight from the bay windows. I felt like she was looking straight at me. After about a minute... The presence got up and walked back out of the room. I finally relaxed enough to shake my wife out of sound sleep, acting like a toddler who had just had a nightmare. 
Despite these somewhat unnerving tales, the Ackleys said they had a peaceful coexistence with the poltergeists, and the only account of any terrorizing events is Kavanaugh's tale reproduced above. Kavanaugh later reflected on the incidents that he experienced and came to the conclusion that the ghosts were evaluating him to make sure he was a good suitor for Cynthia. Since the Ackleys moved from the home in the beginning of the 1990s, there have not been any more accounts of paranormal activity reported by any of the subsequent owners of the home, which there have been three. The Ghostbusters home sold recently, on January 8, 2016, for more than $600,000 above comparable homes in Nyack, fetching $1.77 million. Or at least, that's the lesson you would get if Mike was your history teacher.